Hello, Pastor Deborah here. Welcome again to the School of Light, a spiritual teaching ministry for you, your forever person. This is a story called It's Time. You can find it in The Kingdom of Agape Love, Volume 1, on the web- website of www.agapeloveishere.org. And this is story number 28. We're beginning part number 7. I want to give a big thanks to Zoom Pro. That's who I'm recording through. And to Google Free Clip Art for this wonderful, wonderful picture. This picture represents us spiritually. On the inside of the soul. Inside a dirt body. Yes, we are three people. Three parts in one. We have a physical body. We have a soul. And we have a spirit. And this story is a true story. It's a long one. It's how Pastor Deborah came alive through Jan's death. That was my name when this was happening. I have been working through the story. And we're going to pick up in part number seven. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the social media outlets. Thank you for taking Pastor Deborah out of the darkness of death and birthing her through the death of Jan. Thank you for writing this story over many nights, many, many years ago, so others can see how transformation occurs, how prayers work, how you work. And how the enemy works. Thank you for this true story of Pastor Deborah. And the death of Jan. And the birth of a global spiritual teacher. A master teacher. A spiritual mother. Pastor Deborah, thank you. And let ears hear and eyes see your truth and your love. Agape. In this story. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. We're going to pick up in our story in part number seven. I had been talking about Jan's life of sin. It was a mess. And how Jan was birthed by her own will in the fifth grade. And we were up to the point where Jan was married at about a three-year-old son named Jan, James, and how God spoke to Jan while she was driving her van, told her to get off the path of sin and return to the path of righteousness. So Jan took her son and started going to a small Lutheran church in the town. And she started studying because there was a big question in the Lutheran church about who could take Holy Communion and who couldn't. So I went to the library. I got a lot of books on when did Sunday school start? What was this great awakening? Why did the Lutherans believe only Lutherans could take Holy Communion? What was the difference between all the denominations about Holy Communion? So Jan went to the library. And I hope you spend lots of time in a library. There's a lot of books, true stories, history, 
I checked out the books. I watched the videos. I learned. So let's pick up right there in part number seven. God was working at a very deep spiritual level in Pastor Deborah at that time, but I didn't know it. And he was working in the town, Pensacola, Florida, that would have a powerful impact on Pastor Deborah's life and Jan's. Didn't know that either. But his plan was at work. Jan was going to have to grow up fast and become more mature in his truth. God first would call Jan into her calling because that's all that was there that he could work with and into his ministry at the Brownsville Assembly of God into his ministry. He started first in a small Lutheran church, get back in the word, get in Sunday school, start studying. After about six years of this, an event occurred in the town. That became a global revival. This event happened at the Brownsville Assembly of God Church in Pensacola. Two years prior to that, Pastor John Kilpatrick had been teaching his congregation on revival. None of them knew what that meant. But Pastor John Kilpatrick had been encouraged by Steve Hill, who was down in Argentina. And he had experienced a revival with powerful signs and wonders. From God. Steve had never seen it. He had never seen or believed in demonic spirits. He saw them. Steve was very close to Pastor John Kilpatrick. They talked all the time. And John Kilpatrick got so disheartened that he wanted to see more of God. He saw more of God as a child. He saw angels in prayer meetings. But since he had grown up, gotten married, had kids, he was on television at a radio show. I think it was called in times like these. Good-looking young man. But church had become dull. Spiritually weak. Powerless. It was good. People were getting saved and baptized and joining the church. But Pastor John was hearing from Steve down in Argentina. There was more to God than they ever knew. So on Father's Day, 1995, in Pensacola, Florida, Steve Hill was preaching, and God broke out. You can see that on YouTube under Brownsville Assembly of God. Steve was like a wild stallion. He was so energetic, he had been touched after long years of dryness with God. Pastor John's mother had just passed away, maybe six weeks ago, and he was emotionally devastated still. So he was useless. Steve got up there, and he preached, get this, come to the altar and let God touch you. The congregation was ready. Six weeks later, Pastor Jan was there, Pastor Deborah. Saw it in a newspaper article about it. Family encouraged me to go check it out. Where I had been away on a vacation up in Canada. But I was strong there. God had prepared it. 
he used family to draw me there. So on a Friday night, six weeks after the revival had started, and my son, James, was at a Lutheran church summer camp. Jan was drawn to the church. She had never been there before. The church was large. The music was loud. And I knew no one there at all. Jan had never been a part of anything like this. The church was full. Over 2,000 people. Jan had no idea what the evangelist spoke on, but she felt the draw to the altar to get the sin out. Remember, Jan had a lot of it. And to get right with God. That didn't really happen in the Lutheran church. We just came up to the altar for communion. We would have private time to reflect, but that God had to use something else. At the altar, all Jan did was cry for about 30 minutes. Jan had no idea why she was crying or what she was crying about. But cry she did. Nobody came up to her. I wasn't the only one crying. God was cleansing through the tears. Then Jan went back to her seat. And an elderly couple was sitting next to her and told her she needed to go back up and get prayer. So Jan did. She didn't know what prayer they were talking about. And they put their hands up like this. Gently touched right here. And said quietly, touch her, Lord. That was it. Jan fell down physically and could not get up. I could hear everything. I could not move and I could not open my eyes. There was such a peace laying on the floor. Within, I, I didn't know what was going on. I was totally alert, not unconscious, thinking. I could hear the music and was aware of all things around me. Then after about 30 minutes, I literally, Jan literally crawled back to her seat as if she was totally drunk on alcohol, which she knew about that. And that's what this felt like. Then the couple sitting next to Jan said to her again, go and get more of the Lord. What was that? Well, Jan had no idea what more of the Lord meant. But she went. God was using this elderly couple. There was praise and worship music going on. The place with 2,000 people were crowded. Hardly anywhere to stand or lay or sit. Jan had no idea what more the Lord meant. But she went up and asked for more of the Lord. Down Jan went again. Laying right next to a guy in a tuxedo. 
legs on legs, arms on arms. Neither one of us could move. In the aisle next to a pew. Once again unable to move, but feeling such peace. Then again, Jan had to crawl on her hands and knees back to her pew and rest. So began the spiritual work of the Lord in Jan's spirit. All unknown to Jan of what was going on. What was this more of the Lord? Yet upon returning home, I had Jan had a great wonder happen to her. When she read her Bible from her childhood, she was reading the Ten Commandments. She spiritually had a spiritual revelation and understood what the Ten Commandments were about. And things were beginning spiritually to open up to her. Jan was so excited. Jan's spiritual journey had begun, as well as Pastor Deborah's. The next day, when I went and picked up my son, I told him about it. And on Sunday night, after church in the Lutheran church, we went to Brownsville. He got prayer and I fell too. Our lives were never the same. He was about 10 years old. We never looked back. For months, Jan attended both churches at once. One on Sunday morning, one on Sunday night. Then she wanted to be on the Revival's prayer team. But needed her home church's pastor's permission. Had to have a paper signed. But after many months of private discussions with him, the pastor would not give his written approval for Jan to be on the Revival's prayer team because she would go there and learn to speak in tongues and the Lutherans, I think these were the Missouri Synod Lutherans, did not believe in this. And he had a responsibility to watch out for my soul. And Jan said, could you please show me where in the word of God, in the Bible, where this was not so? Spiritual boldness and rebuking was happening from Jan to a ordained pastor, Lutheran, Missouri, Synod pastor. Who was from Pittsburgh. And she had no fear. Jan was learning to go to the Bible to see the truth. And even when a denomination believed it differently. What had happened to the Lutheran Church of the Missouri Synod was back in the 1970s. A revival broke out in their seminary schools. Powerful love revival. Many pastors got touched by it. Well, the ordained ministers of this denomination rose up and they uh, wrote and passed by vote a doctrine that says this is not biblical all this love stuff don't need it 
And so this young pastor, can't even remember his name, good-looking young man. And uh, he had just gotten married to a lady. She was a psychologist working in the nearby psychiatric hospital. Well, this pastor and Jan were having private meetings. He was throwing doctrine at me, and I was throwing the word of God at him. It was cordial, but I was in debate. I was being respectful. Jan was trying to get his permission to sign on this form for her to be on the prayer team. Wasn't going to happen. That encouraged me to go study the Great Awakening. Go study the Missouri Synod. Go study. Study, study. Books and books and books. That's right. Jan didn't know at the time, but she began moving in the spiritual gift of discerning of spirits. For she knew who the Holy Spirit, who had the Holy Spirit and who didn't. Jan attended both churches for many months and would pray in her Sunday home church for the Holy Spirit to touch the pastor as he had touched her. But instead, all Jan did was weep and shake. She was asked what was wrong, and she said she was crying for the church to be touched by God. Intercession had started. Prayers for God to reach these people in this Lutheran church. I think it was called the Lutheran Church of the Resurrection. That may not be right, but they moved. They're not where they were. At the railing where you would go in this Lutheran church to get Holy Communion, as soon as the bread touched Jan's lips, Jan would shake in great waves of power. And her son was getting embarrassed, but Jan could not help it. She was receiving God's power even there. These events and private discussions went on for six months. Until one Sunday morning, the pastor was reading from Second Timothy about how Paul was writing to Timothy to stir up his gift of faith he had received from his mother and his grandmother and that he had gotten from Paul when Paul had laid hands on him. Great story. The pastor read the scripture correctly, and I agreed because I was following in my Bible that I had started to take to church in the Lutheran church, as I did in the revival church. But when he got to the sermon, the explanation, the teaching, the pastor stated that Timothy, that Timothy became strong in his faith, not only from his mother and grandmother, but because he had attended Sunday school. What? Jan said. That was not in the Bible. I knew then out of the gift of discerning of spirits, which Jan did not know she was spiritually operating out of, that this was a spirit of error, speaking, commenting on the scriptures. And this was an antichrist spirit in operation. Jan knew at the moment 
she could never again sit under this pastor. And she and her son would leave this church. Also, Jan knew that when she left the church and shook the pastor's hand at the back, she would be shaking the hand of a demon spirit of Antichrist, Satan himself. The inter-spiritual work was beginning. And that happened. So off Jan and her son went to the revival church, Brownsville Assembly of God. And we never looked back at the Lutheran church, I thought. After some months or weeks being have left the Lutheran Church of the Missouri Synod, God asked me to buy some videos and audio tapes of the revival of Steve and take them to this Lutheran pastor. God was still trying to reach him. God knew something was there, and I didn't want to. I thought I was finished with him, but I obeyed. And I went and bought the videos and took them by and dropped them off to the Lutheran pastor. If I look at it now in the spirit, I see he watched it, or he didn't, but I saw his tears. He knew that I was right, that there was more to God. But because this was his profession, his salary, his professional identity, he would embarrass himself, his family, his wife, If he decided and chose the truth. Many pastors are like that. They know the truth, but they refuse to obey it. So he slipped back into darkness. But I'll see him later in heaven. My son and I, Jan, Both joined in membership later at this Brownsville Assembly of God Church. As the spiritual revelations were coming into Jan's spiritual heart and mind about the kingdom of heaven. We pulled our church membership from Brownsville and began processing and thinking and living In the kingdom of heaven. Now. Not through a denomination. And not waiting till we got to heaven. Powerful things were happening in Jan's life. She waited about a year. To join the prayer team. She did. But I thought my interview was just to be an intercessor. Or when they had an altar call, you go up there with a little book and you pray quietly with the person and hand them the book. I thought that's all you did because I was not qualified to be the other part of the prayer team where you touch somebody. I had been receiving. I didn't think God would move through me or use me. But when I applied, that's what I thought. But little did I know. It was to be on the prayer team where I would touch people's foreheads. When I got to call on a Friday night, I was shocked. 
I couldn't believe it. I was still getting prayer every night for myself. We're going to finish up here in just a few more sentences. Both Jan and James, her son, both went after more of the Lord and got lots and lots of prayer. We were getting the sin out. We were getting cleaned up for God to touch us. My son, James, was only about 10 years old at the time, and he struggled to find his place and friends. He stayed out for about a year. He'd stay home on Friday nights. But he did finally found his place in the children's church under Pastor Van as a sound technician and then as his internet person to develop the Kingdom Kids, the children's website. He traveled with them. He helped them record in recording studios. He helped on the television. He learned television and sound right there freely at about 11 years old. And he became, he actually wrote a book called The Sound Man. You'll see it on one of the uh, playlists. And he became a teacher and a trainer of children at children's church to do sound recording. He worked in the youth church. He worked in the adult church. He found many, many friends there and helped in the children's altar calls. He worked with the lady who did the mission, the missionettes, who was Pastor Van's wife. I think her name was Dana. While he was doing all that, Jan was on the deliverance team. Jan was on the prayer team. And then after about a year, she started going to the deliverance team's Sunday school class where a lady named Teresa was teaching. God was calling me to deliverance, casting out of devils, evil spirits, binding them up. So first I got the anointing to be on the prayer team and then the anointing to go after Satan in people. In places on earth. But every night that I went, even as a prayer team worker, I got prayer. I would lay on the floor in the presence of God, getting cleansed, revived. Don't know what all he was doing. So I want to end right here. And we'll get a little bit more deeper into the early beginnings at the Brownsville revival with Jan. You need to know your changes sometimes will come quickly. Sometimes they're slowly. Everything is worked towards your good and God's good. If you're listening, if you're paying attention. I didn't know about the gifts of discerning the spirits. It started one day at a college. I heard some man speak. But he didn't open his mouth. I thought I was mentally ill. Hearing voices. Schizophrenic. So I went and studied some older gospel teachers. They saw and heard people. Saw demons. So I said, okay. They're not considered mentally ill. Then I recognized that Christ Jesus in the Bible could hear people think. I said, okay. If he can do that. Then I must be operating out of the gift of discerning of spirits. 
where I could see into, peer. I became a seer, a seeing person, hearing. I studied it. That is my main gift that I work in all the time, 24-7 if necessary. And we'll get into that in the next part. That'll be part number eight. But just learn, God arranges everything for you. You may have to take a long road to get there. You may have a lot of bumps and trials on the way. But if you've got a seeking heart for him, you want to know truth, he'll start you on the path. It may take a while, maybe short. Mine went through books, movies, videos, two different churches, position papers, history. Great Awakenings, the revival. I think it was called, it was a love type of revival. It happened, hippies were getting saved. It was spreading through the ministry schools of denominations. They didn't know what to do with it. I studied history. There was a Great Awakening that happened in America. The Lutheran Church of the Missouri Synod was not even America at the time. Go study the Great Awakening. And the pastors who were evangelists traveled the 13 colonies. You go study Martin Luther. He had a Great Awakening when he believed by just by faith. Are you saved? Nothing else. Oh, boy, the Protestant rose up. Protested, that's what that means, against the Roman Catholic Church. Great religious war began. You go study awakenings, revivals. I did that. It's happened all over the world. God will break out of the box that denominations put him in, that religion puts him in, that Satan puts him in, and puts his word in. You go study how the King James Bible was created. You go study... The word of God trying to break out from Latin into the different languages of countries. War broke out. Men were burned at the stake for translating a Latin Bible into the English language, German language. God's word had to be freed. And men and women were willing to die on the stake and be burned alive to set the word free. You go study history. That's what I did. Now there's lots of movies about it. The early Christians. Go study Persia over in Jerusalem, the Roman Empire. You go study. You will see God and Satan at war all the time. You'll see the demonic kingdom working through people, priests. Go study. Pastor Deborah did. But it was really Jan and Pastor Deborah. You must know history, truth. You must look, become an archaeologist, dig, think, ponder, seek. You must have a seeking heart. You must want to know. Not just accept what anybody says. 
plenty of books out there, videos, movies, documentaries. Now, go study. So here, we're going to stop. Or Jan just got on the prayer team and was just starting taking deliverance classes on Sunday morning. Okay? And we'll pick up in part number eight. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the years that you led Jan. You knew what was going to happen to her and what had to happen. She had to die. You knew how it would work. And you took Jan through it. But while Jan was dying slowly, Pastor Deborah was getting fed truth and was growing. You were slowly working on defeating the power of ignorance in Jan. She was getting weaker and weaker. Deborah was getting stronger and stronger in spiritual knowledge and experience at the same time. So thank you, Father, that you can use me and my life in such detail to help others to understand how one part of us must die and another must be reborn, reincarnated inside of a dirt body. Thank you, Father. And we'll see all of you guys again in part number eight of the story called It's Time about Jan's death and Pastor Deborah's birth. All right, I'll see you then. Bye-bye.